Good morning, everyone. Kids, it is so fun to have you with us the entire time today during worship. And you don't need to answer whether or not it's fun for you. Um, no, we'd, we'd be open to hearing that too. Um, does someone have the clicker? Ah, Jason, thanks. Um, A king is coming, but he's not the king that people expected. Um, he's not a king with an army, or a palace, or a lot of money, or power. He's a king that was a baby who was born in a barn. And that's why we gather here today. The king who is coming is still coming. And that's a great mystery. And Godly Play, our curriculum that our kids use, teach us that a mystery, sometimes people can walk right through and not even know that it was there. We can look out at our culture, we can look at our own lives, and we can see the hustle and the bustle has both come before and after this moment, and we probably can acknowledge our own participation in the missing, missing of great mystery. During this time, we are on our way to Bethlehem, a Christmas journey. And so I want to read a passage of Scripture today that um, in just a moment that, uh, that kind of gets that journey started. But the truth of the matter is, we as a church and all of our kids, we've been on this Christmas journey for a little while. And so, real quick, what I want to do is, real, real quick this time, like even quicker than what I normally say is quick. Um, the adults of our church have been on as we have studied the Gospel of Matthew. We started here, we've gone through the Gospel, and now we're ending here. And I wonder, adults and high schoolers, in confirmation once a month, um, what's the story from Matthew that has caught your attention? What's the teaching of Jesus from this year that you just can't shake? Our kids have been preparing for this journey by going through Advent in godly play. And I wonder what has caught your attention, kids, in your preparation for Advent. I wonder what story has stood out to you over the last four weeks. So in one minute and 30 seconds, turn to one person next to you and then, kids, we're going to call them right back in like this. It's going to be amazing. Um, and share with each other, what's the one story or teaching or memory of godly play that sticks with you on this Christmas journey today? Go for it. All right. Let's, uh, let's come back together. What are, quickly, kids, what are your favorite memories of Advent and godly play? So, oh, yeah, Gracie. Gracie. 
The surprise cow. Ooh, I'd like to learn about that. Anybody else? Adults. Memories of Matthew that you can't quite shake. Kids, godly play, no? It's been a powerful year around Mountainside. <laughs> Nothing. You were talking a little bit, no? Hmm. Nothing? Yeah, Naomi. Yeah, Gabe. Others. Yeah, Tiff. Let's read about, about this in Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive a son, and they shall call means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife and had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Um, 
Madeline Langle says that when we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating that amazing time when the word that shouted all the galaxies into being limited all power and for love of us came to us in the powerless body of a human baby. The Christmas journey is a vulnerable journey. Last night, our family um, decided to open up some presents because we're heading out of town today and we didn't want to take them with us and then bring them back. Um, And we just wanted a little time together. And so we were opening up some presents and, uh, you know, each kind of got a little something for each other and we're having a nice time. And uh, Kayla's been really kind of interested in some backpacking this year. And so, and I got permission, full disclosure, to to tell the story. Um, it, took me, it took a little money out of my pocket, but that's okay. Um, uh, and uh, Kayla's been wanting some backpacking gear, and so Zach got him this really cool camping stove. And uh, it comes with a lighter and some fuel and a little, little pot and a spoon. And so Caleb opened up the present, and Caleb got real excited, and he's like looking at it, and he's like checking it out, and he's opening it up, and he's even said something along the lines of like, well, this is, the, this is my favorite gift so far. And Zach got so excited. And in this house of three boys that is not always the most physically peaceful, um, Zach looks at Caleb and goes, can I get a hug? vulnerability. Ari and I sat there waiting. What is going to happen? (laughs) Remind me and I'll finish that story in a minute. Vulnerability is about real people with names, Mary and Joseph. These are not cliche. They've become cliche for us, but these are real names of real people. Vulnerability is about risk. It's about exposure. Zach took a risk. Um, Our world is a vulnerable world right now. Our country feels like a vulnerable place. Our community, Mountside Communion, can feel vulnerable at times. No question, each of us in our own lives experience vulnerability. The Christmas journey is a vulnerable one. Because of that, because the Christmas journey is a vulnerable journey, it holds the potential for shame. Um, Shame is that moment when you don't want to be found out. For something that you have done. When I was in the second grade, kids, second grade, there was something in my class called the Responsibility Club. And it came with amazing privileges like you can get up and go to the bathroom whenever you want to without asking because you're responsible enough to handle that. Or you can get up and have a drink of water whenever you want to because you can handle that responsibility. And I'll never forget the day that teacher 
announce the first group of students who are going to be in the responsibility club. So-and-so, 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 so-and-so. And I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat like, come on, I know I'm in the responsibility club. And then all of a sudden the teacher said, and that is our first group of responsibility club members. And she didn't say my name. And I was devastated. I wanted to be in that so bad. Well, maybe a week or two later, she had an announcement. Hey, we've got some new members of the responsibility club. So-and-so and Josh get to be in the responsibility club. And I was so excited because I got to get a drink whenever I wanted to. And I got to go to the bathroom whenever I wanted to. And the first day of the responsibility club, I was sitting there, and I was sitting next to my friend, I forget her name, and we were talking, and we were joking around, and all of a sudden we were drawing with crayons, all of a sudden the crayons are getting kind of moved around a little bit, all of a sudden she's like putting a crayon up my nose, (laughs) true story, and we're kind of having fun, and... Mrs. Van Beek, my second grade teacher, walks right over and says, Josh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to take you out of the responsibility club. (laughs) Same day. (laughs) And I felt so much shame because I knew I was going to have to tell my parents. And I also felt shame because the whole class knew what had gone on. When you're in a place and you're open to things, there's always the potential to feel alone, to feel judged. Um, Shame is no fun. Joseph feels that way a little bit in this story. He tries to hide what has happened. Um, He's a righteous man. He wants to, he doesn't want to put public disgrace on anybody, but at the same time, he doesn't want to move forward in what this story is all about. Um, So if we have ever felt shame, we, we might be in the Christmas story. But just when Joseph had resolved to do this, to to live into that shame, um, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people, from their sins. The Christmas journey today holds a call to each and every one of us who live in this vulnerable time, who have the potential to experience this kind of shame. The Christmas call is that God, get ready for an amen, because this is big, people, all right? God is with us. 
in our vulnerability. In the shame we may feel around that at times. In fact, the Christmas story might tell us that God is never closer than in our times of vulnerability and shame. And so we don't have to be afraid. Brene Brown, as many of you know, writes a lot about vulnerability and shame. She says that the best antidote for shame is two words, me too, connection, shared vulnerability. And it's amazing to me that in this story, we have Joseph who feels great vulnerability, no question. We have Mary who feels incredible vulnerability, no question. But who's the most vulnerable in this story? Amen. God came as a child. God meets our vulnerability in vulnerability. Zach stood there. Can I get a hug? Ari and I sat on the edge of our seat. We knew some kind of affection was coming, but maybe like a punch or like a, you know. And this is not cheesy in our house. It's going to sound really cheesy right now. But not, in our house, this was a major miracle. Caleb, Caleb said, come on. And they gave a big hug to each other last night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For a teenage boys to show affection is a moment of vulnerability. And... And that moment brought great joy um, to our household. Um, and the Christmas journey does hold the promise of joy, which we shared a lot about last week in amazing ways. And we're going we're gonna to light the candle of joy here in one moment. Um, Evelyn Underhill writes, Real love always heals fear and neutralizes egotism. And so, as love grows up in us, we shall worry about ourselves less and less and admire and delight in God and His other children more and more. And this is the secret of joy. And so Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn the vulnerable. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, the vulnerable. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 18, when, you have, when someone has something against you, go to them. Vulnerability. It's why Jesus, when He teaches about the Sabbath, says the, Sabbath is not, the human, humanity is not for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is for humanity. We're vulnerable people who need a break need to cease. This Christmas, um, may, our, may we remember that our vulnerability meets God, this different kind of king, in God's vulnerability.
And the call forward, guess what, is not out of vulnerability. The call forward is right back into it. Um, as the people of God, as citizens of this, this different kingdom. So let's light the, the candle of joy. Um, as we open ourselves up to God who is with us. Um, and as we open ourselves up to each other. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his joy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has re revealed his vindication in the sight of the nation. He has remembered his stead, steadfast, steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Psalm 98, the word of the Lord. God, as we anticipate the coming of your holy child, we pray for peace that passes all understanding. In the same way that your angel startled some shepherds in a field so long ago, we ask that you startle us, even today, with your peace. Disrupt our lives. It is easy for our days, weeks, months, and years to get too busy, filled with play, people, projects, work, even caring for others. We sometimes forget why we hope in the first place. Slow us down, God, but not too violently, we pray, and fill us with the hope of the prophets. Open our ears so that we may be able to hear as the prophets of old, what we have been deaf to. Disrupt our lives. Let 
It is easy for our days, weeks, months, and years to get too busy, filled with play, people, projects, work, even caring for others, that love gets relegated to a category for only certain people. Open our eyes that we may see all who we encounter, the good and the not good enough, as you see them, that we may love each one as you love each one. Disrupt our lives. May your peace may come. It is, easy f- it is easy for our days, weeks, months, and years to get too busy. Filled with play, people, projects, work, even caring for others. That we do not remember what joy feels like. Interrupt us with your joy. Surprise us with your joy. Anger us with your joy. Make us dance like crazy people with your joy. Disrupt our lives. It is easy for our days, weeks, months, and years to get too busy, filled with play, people, projects, work, even caring for others, that we have been convinced your peace is all around, and yet it is nowhere to be found. We become most aware of our need for your peace when our world is falling apart. Help us to see our own brokenness our neighbor's brokenness, and the brokenness of the whole wide world. Disrupt our lives. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep, deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exalt, exalt when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For the child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Hebrews tells us that this child who's come, this Jesus we've studied all year and that we worship each Sunday, is the perfecter of our faith. Um, and that as the perfecter of our faith and the pioneer of our faith, for the sake of joy set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken the, his, his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. What we're going to do this morning um, is we're going to journey, the Christmas journey forward, um, and celebrate the meal that Jesus celebrates with his friends and followers. Um, after you're served, we're going to invite you to take a candle. We'll have the candle stations right by the microphones. And hold on to that candle, each, each of you. And we're going we're gonna to light that together in a moment as we close our service. For those of you who are guests, we welcome anyone at this table that wants to trust their life to Christ, even for just this moment. Um, so feel free to come and, and participate if you'd like, and feel free to pass as well if you'd like. Um, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was with his disciples, his friends, um, and after giving thanks, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken in vulnerability for you. Likewise, after supper, the cup of the new covenant. And said, this is my blood that is shed for you. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death um, until he returns. And these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Amen? By your spirit, spirit, or living God, come and be with us even now. May we experience your joy together as we celebrate the light of the world. Amen. Amen.